Hello and welcome to season four, episode 73 of Brody Sports Talk. My name is Derek Rusnick and I will be your golden retriever of the podcast tonight. I am joined by the greatest of Great Danes, that is Caleb Walgren. Caleb, how you been? How you doing? Um, I was not expecting to be called the greatest of Great Danes. Uh, I, does that make me Marmaduke? I don't, I don't know exactly what my relationship is anymore at this point, but uh, I'm doing well. I enjoyed beautiful Father's Day weekend, was able to watch some solid sports, and I'm happy to come here and talk about it with the best Brody in the world, Derek. So let's dive into it. Let's Scooby-Doo that. So our first topic, because Scooby-Doo was a great Dane as well. He looks at me like that, like, oh, what are you talking about? Uh, So our first topic is Wyndham Clark. Uh, gives a win to America's Brightest Orange at the U.S. Open. Um, So Wyndham Clark, basically an unknown name, up until the last uh, up until last weekend, stormed through the field. Uh, Every all the predictions for uh, the U.S. Open was that someone was going to have to win it at a minus seven, minus eight. He wins it in the double digits. I believe it was minus 11, if I remember correctly. Minus 10, but that's minus all, 10. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, I remember at one point in time he was minus 11. But uh, as I will take anybody who has ever stepped foot on Oklahoma State's campus, uh, he did spend three and a half years uh, at Oklahoma State before transferring to Oregon to finish up a business degree. So my uh, my hats off to Wyndham Clark as uh, I do more of the uh, gopher hole uh, hunting than I do golfing. Uh, I, I go look for, I hit a ball and I don't know where it goes. I spend more money on balls than I do on clubs. Um, so, you know, my, my hat is off to him to be able to win on that course. Um, I do have to say that uh, when you when you win every major you've ever made the cut on, um, that's a, a really great a stat. He's only ever made one cut, and he's only one, ever won one major. But uh, he is on fire as the uh, he has won, I believe it was four, four um, what are they called? Four weekends ago, basically. Um, he had his first tour win, and now he's won his first major. So I'm thinking um, if we extrapolate from that, he's going to grand slam in the next two years. Uh, Caleb, can you grand slam, uh, or can you just grand slam breakfast at Denny's? Um, usually I am all about going to IHOP and trying uh. to get the all-you-can-eat pancakes, but Uh, That's neither here nor there in this instance. Uh, I do have to give Wyndham Clark a shout out because I was double checking the official world golf rankings as of this tournament being completed. He started this year in 163rd. That is not a high spot in golf rankings. And with the win at the U.S. Open, which like you said, it's his second career win. He is up to number 13th. He is 13 right now? Yes. Oh, my goodness. 
and it is a 12 month ranking. So it's one of those things where this win will count okay. for him for okay. the next 12 months. Yeah. So it's huge. Like he went up ahead of Tony Finau and Sam Burns and Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa with this win. So even though Wyndham Clark is not that well known of a name, when you show up and you say, I'm going to take down this major, all of a sudden, you get people's attention. I thought if he you played past Morikawa. That's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty yeah. good weekend. Exactly. Uh, so, kudos to him. I thought that he had been showing up well. I know that when I was looking at uh, the PGA Championship, he was one of the golfers I actually had started to put an eye on as far as like a top thirty. But I just wasn't expecting it this past weekend. Uh, maybe it's because it was a little bit further removed from the Wells Fargo championship, but Hey, Wyndham Clark, he showed up, he got it done. Congratulations to him for always fighting through adversity that he has faced. I am proud of him. Yeah, no, this was a, uh, a great win. Um, there was no tackling on the green this weekend, but, um, you know, you, you, you can have, yeah, a little bit more buttoned up uh, when you when you're in those majors. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to another uh, stick hitting ball uh, sport as we are down to the final four in the baseball college World Series. Um, so as we speak tonight, uh, we have Florida, TCU, and Wake Forest all in the field, and uh, LSU and Tennessee are currently playing for that last spot. And so, uh, you know, Final Four, I will tell you this. Uh, I'm really glad that TCU is there. They are uh, the Big 12 tournament champions. Uh, they they got hot at the right time. And uh, I really, they've had a really good run thus far. Um, Florida has always been a really good baseball school. If you go through the uh, the MLB roster, you're going to see a lot of Florida guys uh, there. And Wake Forest has been number one for most of the season. They're the number one overall seed. So, uh, you know, no surprise that Wake made it there. Um, so then we're going to have a an SEC team. We're going to have at least two SEC teams in there with Florida being one and Tennessee or LSU being the other. So uh, it's been a, actually a, a much more entertaining World Series than, than I was expecting. I'm not generally a, a, a college World Series baseball guy, um, as there's a lot of games, and this team beat this team, and then this team beats this other team. And, this, and so sometimes it can be a bit confusing when you have multiple games in a day, but it's actually been pretty fun to, to follow. Caleb, I want to toss it over to you. Um, have you been following the the World Series, and who is your prediction to uh, to take it all? First off, I just have to say that uh, the Oklahoma Boys, Oral Roberts, have been eliminated from That's the tournament. Uh, I know that in general they did go down against TCU. So, like you said, congrats to the Horn Frogs. They're going to have to try to take two in a row from Florida in order to be able to survive that side of the bracket. And it's tough for me because part of me wants to see someone upset Wake Forest. I do like a little bit of David and rooting for the underdog versus rooting for Goliaths. 
Uh, but I think Wake Forest is going to be there in the finale. So give me a little bit of a little bit of chaos. I'm going to go Wake Forest, TCU for the College World Series National Championship, best two out of three. Um, it might be a bit crazy, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give TCU the the back to back wins over Florida, and I just don't think anyone's beating Wake back to back, not with the pitching staff they have. No, you're. I, I'm in agreement with you. Uh, I'm going to root for the any Big Twelve school. Uh, go Frogs. Go Hypnotoad. Whatever you want. Uh, as I'm going to root for the TCU Horn Frogs. So uh, moving on, our next thing is something. Uh, it happened about a week ago, but we still wanted to to bring it to our audience here and get some, cause we're, you know, we're big, a big hockey podcast. I mean, you can tell um, that we are just uh, fighting over um, the ice and the skates and all that kind of stuff. So uh, Las Vegas, the golden Knights in their sixth year of it, of existing as a franchise has won the, the Stanley cup and a big shout out to them. That is a, a a very uh it's a great honor it's for for uh when you when you win a Stanley Cup that that changes the trajectory of your career of your life you know to be able to hoist that up um is something very special and uh the owner of the team said hey you know we're he made a six-year promise that we are going to win the Stanley Cup in uh within the next six years and this is the sixth year. So uh, it was very special, kind of predestined, uh, if you will. Uh, I believe it was four years ago they went to the Stanley Cup Finals, did lose, but uh, you know they came back and beat the Florida Panthers uh, with a gentleman sweep of 4-1 as uh, they gave the, the Panthers one and, and kind of uh, made people worried because it was a 2-1 series at that point. I'm um, like, oh, okay, well, then the Panthers are going to, uh, you know, come back. But they uh, they closed the door. They uh, they won game three in uh, on the Florida ice and then came home to Vegas to win the uh, the Stanley Cup on their home ice. So uh, big shout out to them, all the Golden Knight fans. And uh, Caleb, I'm going to toss it over to you. Um, do you have your... Um, your sweater to uh, for the Golden Knights yet, or are you going to hold out that Detroit once again goes back to, to hockey prominence? Uh, I, I'm not a Detroit Red Wings fan. I don't know where on earth that came from. Uh, I'm but, just thinking the red on the, from from Nebraska. That's very oh, similar okay. Red to okay, I can live with it. Uh, Vegas beat Florida in their three home games in Vegas. By a score of twenty-one to seven, um, that probably sounds more like a potential score between the Raiders and Dolphins hmm. if the Raiders were good. But uh, that the fact that they did that on the ice in a three games in Las Vegas just impresses me. They were known for doing well with their defense and getting enough done with their offense, but they came into this finals with a flurry and they came out and just took it to Florida every chance they could get. Uh, I think bringing in Jack Eichel was 
huge for them. Uh, a young guy who had previously primarily been in Buffalo on a franchise that just couldn't do anything and was trying to get people around him. But let's face it, sometimes even when you're a young guy, you need to have veterans around you. And I think that that's what Vegas was able to do. They had the veterans, they had the core, they had the culture, and they were able to bring him in and just get the right things done and stay healthy through the postseason, which is so underrated, but very accurate in very difficult to do hockey and any sport, really. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. Um, so let's move on from the the ice to the pitch. So this is a, a Caleb-based thing because I don't know a lot about it. But uh, we have Messi coming to Messi Miami. Tell me about that, Caleb. So I was double-checking because I've heard the rumors, I've heard the rumblings about uh, Leo Messi, the star of the – Argentinian World Cup champions, uh, the star from PSG, who has played in La Liga for a long time. Now he's coming to Miami. Uh, Miami is not good at soccer this year, Derek. Uh, They have played a total of 17 of their 34 matches, so they've already played through half the season. And they have five wins and 12 losses. I don't know how on earth Miami has done this, but they have zero draws on the schedule this year. If they're losing, they're just losing. They have the least amount of points in the entire Eastern Conference. So of the 15 teams in that conference, they are 15th. They need a hero, and Messi very well may be that hero. It's going to be interesting to see how quickly he adapts and plays well with the team because technically he can't sign until July 1st when his current contract is up because the European sports do typically go into June with uh, Champions League finals and things like that. And so he'll be on Inter-Miami. It's going to be interesting to see him there. Everything that you see the MLS talking about, publicizing, anything is all about Messi coming to MLS like I think that there was like six or seven things on their website that literally are just talking about this one thing it's tough for me because I want to be able to just be like yes this is awesome and this is cool I'm glad that we're getting a world-class player into our league but I also go he's on the worst team he like, is he going to get them into a playoff spot? Which I did double check how the playoffs work, Derek, and that's another weird thing in and of itself. Um, very weird how they have that set up. Nine teams from each conference make it in. There's 15 in the East and four, 14 in the West. Eight and nine basically have a one-game playoff, and then you have a series of three. But then after that, it goes back to, like, one-game playoffs. And I'm just like, whatever. I don't know what you guys are doing. Odds are Messi is good enough that he should be able to get Miami up from the 15 points that they have. Right now, in order to get into the playoff, ninth place is 22 points. That's two wins. 
you know, three wins and Messi's back in the thick of things. They are one and seven away from home this year. So that's going to be really, in my opinion, what's going to be interesting. Also, what's the defense like behind him? I don't know. One man cannot just do everything on a soccer field, but one man can certainly do a lot more things on a soccer field. And I think Messi will be able to do that. I just want to say, don't expect perfection. Don't expect it to be beautiful. Just expect it to be a little bit chaotic because I feel like that's what's going to happen with Inter-Miami. So I saw a story, and this is probably a week or more out of date, um, but at one point in time, tickets to the games were going for like $11 per seat or something like that. And all of a sudden they jumped up to like 352 within like they announced it like something something came out and it jumped from 11 to 352 and then within like 12 minutes it went up to like two thousand dollars a ticket like he just he just exploded in like less than 15 minutes uh with that uh with that news uh it came out and like it went from like eleven dollars a ticket to like two thousand dollars a ticket or something like that um so i mean that's that's big for Miami in and of itself. I mean, Miami has a lot of great sports teams, but um, yeah, I, I like the uh, I like like big names coming over to to MLS. Um, I really do think that um, the MLS could could overtake uh, us having you know it, it could definitely be the the fifth biggest sport in America, fifth or sixth. I mean, I know that. Uh, F1 has really uh, stepped up their game recently They've with the documentaries on Netflix and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, of options out there for sports fans and stuff like that. So, you know, I think, I think it's going to be a good thing uh, for just uh, people in general. I mean, I also am happy for Messi. Apparently he's getting part ownership of the club. He is set to get like shares of what Apple is making from streaming the games. So like if people are subscribing, Messi's going to get a cut of that. Like he's getting money in a way that no one else has really gotten money signing a contract. It'd be like if Patrick Mahomes was like, uh, I want 5% of the NFL Sunday ticket revenue. And they were like, "Mm, yeah, we're going to go ahead and just do it because you generate a lot of money. Like, yeah, no, you're, you're <laughs> certainly he he will generate a lot of money. Um, so speaking of people who are bringing hype to a new team, uh, we did get some confirmation after our last last podcast. Um, so the the ace star of the Oklahoma Sooners softball team, Jordy Ball. Um, we we talked last week that she was going back to her native. Uh, Nebraska she wanted to play there you know as many people may know there's not a whole lot of teams in Nebraska so did get some confirmation this uh, this week that Jordy Ball is going to the Nebraska Cornhuskers Um, and uh, so you know luckily Caleb will have you know 25 games a year that he can uh, be happy about um, and then uh, they're going to lose the rest of them but uh, so I'm I'm 
trying to to get a, a rivalry going with uh, with the, the Cornhuskers and the Cowboys. Um, you know, they're not in the same conference anymore um, to, to play football or, or any of the sports. So I have to gig Caleb at least some uh, some way. I, I do know that uh, the, the Huskers were in the postseason. They did come to Stillwater. Um, they did go home fairly quickly in that uh, in that regional. And uh, I do remember Oklahoma State going to the uh, the softball World Series. So nanny nanny boo boo, Caleb. Let's hope for a better year next year. I definitely am hoping for a better year next year. It's it's interesting to to have Jordy Ball come up. She's definitely going to be. I'm 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 tempted to say the biggest female star that they have on campus, which I know Nebraska volleyball goes up there quite a bit, but in general, Jordy Ball I think is bigger than anyone on the volleyball team currently, which is also saying a lot because there's probably some Olympians there. So I think Jordy Ball coming back to Nebraska is going to just have a really big impact and it will be very good. Yeah, so um, we close that out as Jordy Ball closes most games out and is uh, striking everyone out, allowing no more runs. Uh, as we say, uh, thank you for listening to our Brody Bites episode, maybe a little Brody Bunt Brunch episode, uh, as we did talk about pancakes and Grand Slam combos from Denny's. So um, if you think we're a Grand Slam, um, I think we're a Grand Slam, uh, go ahead and leave us a review. Um, we think we're a five-star podcast, so go ahead and leave us a five-star review. If you have the ability to leave us a little comment on there, we'll be happy to read it on our next episode and uh, give you some praises, give you a shout-out. Um, all of our links are in our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Brody Talk. And uh, so on behalf of Caleb, my name is Derek. Do me a favor and have a wonderful day. Bye.